Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. Just myself and Chris Errington today. Hi Chris. Stu, hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm sure you are as well. And (laughs) I was there watching the scores come in on Saturday and Argyle was nil-nil and I could (laughs) just picture you and Jack there at home park thinking, please be a goal because I don't (laughs) want to go to Stevenage on a Tuesday night. Um, yeah, I mean, Stevenage isn't the easiest places to get to from, from Plymouth. Um, you know, it would have been a long old trek on a Tuesday night. You throw into the mix that Argyle have got an away game against Newport this Tuesday, then they'd have played Stevenage the following Tuesday away, and then they'd have had Shrewsbury away in the league the Tuesday after that. So we'd have had three successive Tuesday away games, which wouldn't have been ideal. No, not and, and from a purely selfish point of view, the, the press box at Stevenage isn't the most spacious and roomy. <laughs> Also, um, yeah. <laughs> so finding room there for all the wires, cables, various technology that we take to games now is not the easiest. So um, I did thank when Ruben Lemirez came in and did the press conference with his after afterwards. I did thank him for uh, for saving <laughs> us for, for a trip on the Tuesday. It, it, it was extremely late as well, like you say, Stu. Uh, I think the game didn't start till about five past three because of the Remembrance Day uh, activities. And then there was the lengthy delay because of an injury to Stephen Hughes, uh, Steve Seddon. Um, so I, I don't know for sure, but it must have been well gone five o'clock when Ruben Ramirez scored. I bet Sky Sports yeah. were already well into their results <laughs> round up. And, uh, into the Scottish fixtures, probably. <laughs> and uh, Argyle's fixture hadn't, hadn't come through as a final score. Yeah. Uh, as you say, the game started late because of the remembrance stuff. Mm. Um, I, I love the way Argyle do their remembrance mm. stuff. Of course, Plymouth's a city that's steeped in... Yes. In... Uh, naval history and yeah. know, all, the, all the sort of services and what have you um, again brilliantly done on Saturday wasn't it yeah uh, full credit to all the guys involved in, in, in getting the banners sorted out the uh, the Twitter guys PAFC displays and uh, Nick Tomlinson we should give him a name check I know he saw Jack before the game and uh, I thought they did really well and you know credit where credit's due I think Argyle always do these sort of armed forces days remembrance day things really well um, yeah, it looked good, and um, yeah, it, it it was it was something that uh, everybody involved in comes out with a, with a lot of credit for for arranging and organising. Absolutely, as you say, Argyle left it late, but yeah. um, they deserved their win, didn't they? It's, it's... Yes, yeah, I, th- I don't think anyone would would quibble with that. They were the better team. They started the game quite well. Could have made it a lot easier for themselves if uh, they'd taken uh, one or two of their chances in the first half. I thought Stevenage just had a spell at the start of the second period where they were playing further up the pitch, trying to force Argyle to hurry their passing and uh, you know maybe get themselves out of their stride. Um, unfortunately, Argyle... Well, unfortunately, Jamie Ness picked up an injury. He was going to be substituted anyway. Jamie Ness picked up an injury. Ruben Lemirez came on and, and Lemirez gave Argyle that extra little bit of a, a spark playing in behind... Uh, Freddie Ladapo in the three behind Ladapo and um, 
you know, our goal started to get in behind Stevenage and, you know, eventually you got to the stage where you think, well, it's just not going to happen today. But then uh, in the fourth minute of stoppage time, Carey, who I thought was our goal's best player, had a shot parried away. Michael Timlin didn't clear it away properly like he, he should have done and, and the Mirrors um, stuck it away uh, into the bottom right corner. So, um, yeah, you know, it was a bit of relief. Um all round, you know, that, uh, you know, I've got, got that goal and got the win, but, you know, it, it was a decent enough performance, admittedly against the League 2 opposition, but it was a decent performance and, and keeps a bit of the momentum going after the recent results and performances. Yeah, speaking to you before we came on air, um, yeah. you sort of made special reference to Graham Carey, it sounded yeah. as though he was really back to his best on Saturday, probably the best he's He's played this season, not really been on top form. No, he, he, uh, again, you, you're against League Two opposition, so I suppose that's the sort of rider to, you're out to this sort of thing. But I, I just thought he looked more like the Graham Carey, and I'm sure everyone that was at the game would would agree with me. He got on the ball, he was positive, he was looking to get his shots away. Um, he must have had you know four or five good shooting opportunities in the game, cutting in from the flank. Uh, he, he did cause the Stevenage left back John Hunt all sorts of. Uh, Problems. It was a really difficult afternoon for him. Um, you know, if he had been able to convert one or two of his chances earlier on, that would have really capped a, a, a much better performance from him. Um, now we need to see that sort of performance from him in League One games, and then that will only bode well for Argyle. But I thought it was, I thought it was encouraging that he looked so up for it and, and purposeful. I thought Joel Grant. You know, had one of his. You know, he he is inconsistent. You know, there's no two ways about it. But he had one of his good days, and so with him on the left, Carey on the right, and in the sort of last half an hour of the game with Lemire in between playing off Ladapo, and um, you know that gave Argyle a lot of uh, flexibility, a lot of interchange, and um, you know they were able to sort of you know create spaces um, in and around the Stevenish defence. Who I thought, you know, again credit where credit's due. I thought they defended really well. They were well organised well drilled, made it difficult for Argyle, first half particularly, you know, lost count of the number of times that Argyle had shots that were charged down and blocked, so, um, you know, uh, Stevenish gave it a good go, but I think Argyle's superior quality shone, in, it shone through in the end. Yeah, and as you say, it was Lemires who came off the bench and scored the all-important goal. Um, he's, he's had a few games recently, Chris, where he's come off the bench, yeah. is he... Banging at the door for a, he, a chance in the first team yeah, he, as a starter. He he definitely is. I mean, he's had eight starts, six sub appearances this season. Uh, he's got four goals now. That makes him Argyle's second top scorer behind uh, Freddie Ladapo at eight. So, um, you know, on limited amount of time on the pitch, you know, four goals in fourteen effectively appearances yeah. is not a bad return, is it? No, and of good. course, he's also got that um, ability to create things with with assists, with his passing and, and vision and things like that. Um, you know, he came in and was quite honest and open after the game and said, you know, I want to play every minute of every game and the only way I'm going to do that is to, you know, force the manager to pick me through my performances. And, uh, you know, he came off the bench against Gillingham and scored in the 3-1 win in that game. He came off the bench and made an impact on Saturday. That's all he can keep doing. You know, when you get your opportunity, make the most of it. And um, it will be interesting to see what happens at Luton uh, in the league next Saturday uh, because you know that, that on paper looks quite a tough game and whether you would start with a, a three of Grant, Lemires and Carey behind the Dapo in a game like that, I don't know. Um, some of that could de- depend on the injury to Jamie Ness. Um, but he's definitely you know, doing 
doing what he can coming off the bench to try and force his way into the starting lineup. Absolutely, as you mentioned there, um, entry to Jamie Ness. Mm. And I, I guess he could come in for Jamie Ness as a yeah. replacement. It would, mm. of course, involve a tactical reshuffle, perhaps, yeah. because it's not a like-for-like replacement. No. Um, that's a worry, though, isn't it? Another yeah. injury to Jamie Ness. He just mm. seems to have a run of games and then picks up these injuries on, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, a calf strain. Uh, we don't know too much more about the, the severity of it and, and whether it will keep him out of... Um, out of any games or for how long um, hopefully it's nothing too serious hopefully it was it was something that was early and maybe they can you know you know, get him back playing very soon um, but the annoying thing was from Derek Adams point of view was that he was going to replace Ness with Lemires to give Argyle a bit more uh, attacking threat before Ness picked up the injury so you know if he'd taken him off a minute or two earlier Jamie Ness wouldn't have been injured and you know um, the mirrors would have come on so I think that was the uh, Derek Adams said he was a bit disappointed about that and uh, I thought that's probably a bit of an understatement in yeah, he was probably very disappointed that uh, a couple of minutes uh, you know the mirrors was going to come on he'd made a decision and then Ness, Ness picks up the injury so uh, hopefully it's nothing serious um, uh, because you know Jamie Ness is, a, is an important player for Argyle when fit yeah. You know, he can play in that central role, you know, with David Fox or alongside uh, Anthony Sarsavik or however the manager wants to play it. And um, he he is a quality player, um, but I'll go need him on the pitch. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we spoke last week, didn't we, about the midfield three and yeah. how, how well they function yeah. together when they're all fit and firing. And yeah. of course, they were without Sarkovic for a while and now it's, possibly it, Ness as well. It's just that constant sort of revolving sort of door thing there's, there's always somebody somebody seems yeah. to be missing and um, you know you've got Sarsavik and Fox playing and then you lose Jamie Ness sort of thing and you've got Jan Songo playing in central defence at the moment rather than being in, in the central midfield shake up so yeah it's uh, you know and even Conor Grant you know he's playing at left back now instead of mm. a midfield role so they don't really need injuries in that central midfield position because it is beginning to leave them a little bit short on numbers. Indeed. So this evening, uh, mm. we're recording this on Monday afternoon or yeah. late morning. Mm. Um, FA Cup draw yes. this evening. Yep. Who do you want um, in a perfect world? In a perfect world, home to a lower division team because that, in theory... Gives you every chance, Gives it? you every chance. I mean, I, I think anyone connected with Argyle thinks that they probably do enough travelling in a season as it is, so the fewer away games we get in cup ties, the, the happier I think everyone is about that. Um, and, you know, you, you get a lower division side, and Stevenage were a good example. They, it took Argyle 94 minutes to make the breakthrough for them. But um, in theory, and logic tells you that if you play a lower division side, you've got more chance of winning. And yeah. when you get into the FA Cup second round, you, you are that close to the third round and you're that close to potentially getting one of those Premier League teams that, you know, you just want to get through the second round tie. It's um, however you can do it, that's what you want to do. I mean, Argyle picks up £36,000 prize money for winning on Saturday. There's 54000 at stake in round two. So if Argyle get through into the third round, they'll have already made £90,000 in prize money before you get into the possibilities of gate receipts and TV money if you get a Premier League team. So um, it's, um, it potentially changes club seasons. There's lots of examples of it over recent years, aren't there? Yeah, um, yeah. Of, of all sorts of clubs that you know have got into the third round, have got a big plum tie, and they've invested money in all sorts of you know bits and pieces, you know, infrastructure, players, you know, stadiums, stands, you name it sort of thing. It can really make a difference. So um, I think... Home to a lower division side, although 
if Argyle were to get that and then you asked me what do you think of the draw I'd probably say well yeah it's a good draw but I don't think Argyle have been really complacent because it's the FA Cup you and, don't know what and strange happen. things happen but, that's um, right but yeah I mean um, you know some, some, some of our listeners might not hear the podcast until after the draw but that's 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 what we're, we're, I, would, I, I would think most Argyle fans home to a lower division side. yeah absolutely well I had a text from our colleague Jack last night yes he said he's still very excited about the <laughs> FA Cup and that was that was about one o'clock in the morning and then he texted me again at about seven this morning so I don't think he slept all night <laughs> he's excited the draw, absolutely he's he like said, a, he, he a kid say, at Christmas <laughs> he, he did say to me before the game as well he says I just love the FA Cup yeah, and things like I that and, as well. and um, yeah the crowds were spoiled. The crowd wasn't too bad on Saturday, 5,700. Um, you know, it was uh, a pound admission for kids, uh, but not a bad crowd. The weather was shocking on Saturday as well, wasn't it? I mean, it kept pouring down with rain at times, and uh, that might have put a few off, um, but but not a bad crowd, all things considered. So, um, you know, certainly better than um, the, the, the attendances Argyle have had in the Checker Trade Trophy this season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And our goals, Devon's only team left in it, of course, with Exeter and Torquay both losing at the yes, weekend as well. Yes, yeah, I mean, that, that would have been uh, nice to maybe have the possibility of a Devon derby in round two, wouldn't it? Um, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, our goal are through and, you know, they are that close to the third round now. So the second round, whoever they play in the second round is going to be an important game, isn't it? Cause absolutely. It's, it's like having that that prize just in a reach isn't it? right in front of you and of course if you get in the third round you've got no guarantee you're going to get one of no. the Premier League big boys but you know it you've doesn't half give you a buzz doesn't Absolutely. it if you're in that third round draw the uh, the excitement is uh, is tangible well welcome back to the second part of our Argyle Chat podcast and we're going to move on to a subject which is very close to Chris Errington's heart now and that's the Check a trade trophy. Yes. Well, look on the bright side, Stu. We were up to the f- third and final group game. And the last our, one of the season as well. And the last well. one of the season as uh, our are already out. 3-0 defeat by Swindon at home and then a 5-0 home defeat by Chelsea under 21. So, uh, no, Argyle are out. So, the, the only thing really they have to play for is uh, you get £10,000 if you win a yeah. group game. So, that's what Argyle have got to play for. Um, other than that, you know, making sure they avoid any injuries really it's, it's, you know, it's not the most exciting way of looking at it but you know that's probably the reality isn't it um, yeah. Newport I was checking the table today to, to make sure um, you know what their position was and any sort of win for Newport uh, in 90 minutes will see them uh, pip Swindon and go through with Chelsea under 21s who've already qualified to go into the round of 32 um, so if Newport Argyle they qualify so there is something at stake for yeah. Newport I did check to see what their attendance was for their previous home game in the competition they played Chelsea and uh, they beat Chelsea 3-0 which you know on the face of it seems a bit odd because Chelsea were brilliant against yeah. Argyle and beat them 5-0 and yet Newport beat Chelsea 3-0 so I don't know quite well, how it, that it would be interesting to know if that was in an international week and whether there were a few players yeah, maybe. that were away on international maybe. duty could yeah. obviously play against Argyle yeah. perhaps that was it maybe uh, Jamil Matt former Argyle loan yeah. signing scored two of the goals for Newport in that 3-0 win against Chelsea so we might see him lining up for, for Newport uh, on Tuesday night um, so yeah it's, it's something at stake for Newport well, I was going to say when Newport played Chelsea it was 15, a gate of 1500 at Rodney Parade now you'd imagine that there'll be probably although Newport have got a chance to qualify and Chelsea would have added a few on the gate that night wouldn't they you know the, so I'm I, I'm thinking below a thousand. I would. Yeah. I, would I think, can't think you know, there'll be too many from Plymouth that would travel. No, there'll be there'll be there'll be some, 
There'll be the yeah, ones that haven't missed the, there'll be some that haven't missed the game since, you know, nineteen dot 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 yeah. sort of thing. Um and we'll be there. I'm sure there'll be a few there, but um you know, without trying to be too uh, too sort of negative about it, it hasn't got a lot at stake for Argyle. They've got a big um, important League One game at Luton on Saturday. Yeah. Um you know, you don't want to pick up any, you know, the last thing they need is any more injuries, you know. Um, the one thing that we didn't mention in the first part of the podcast, you know, we should do, of course, is that, that Ryan Taylor was on the bench on Saturday for Argyle. First time he's been um, been back in the squad since the middle of September because of his ankle ligament injury. You wonder, and I asked Derek Adams after the game, would Ryan Taylor be in contention to play some part against Newport? It's a game for him to maybe get some, uh, you know, some match practice in. Um, and uh, Derek Adams said he hadn't decided on what he was going to do selection-wise for the Newport game, but you would think maybe, you know, it, that yeah. would, even if Ryan Taylor got 45 minutes under his belt or something like that, um, that would be a good thing. But, you know, they've still got, you know, Joe Riley out, Scott Wooten out, Gary Sawyer out, uh, Ryan Edwards has um, is, is, is been out with his chest infection, Jamie Ness now, you know, you know, has picked up this thing, so, you know, they don't really want any more injuries, no. you know, and that's particularly in the Checker Trade Trophy game with an away trip to Luton coming up on sat- on Saturday. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what team selected. Be interested to see how Argyle approach it. Um, the, the competition's been a bit of a, a washout this year. You know, three nil home defeat and a five nil home defeat, and yeah. um, I think Argyle's two home games in the competition averaged seventeen hundred. So. I'm not really sure what <laughs> what's really well, been got out of it, it. No, apart from the twenty thousand pound participation fee that every EFL club yeah. gets for taking part. Absolutely. You mentioned Swindon there. Hmm. Um, they sacked Phil Brown. Yes. Over the weekend. Yes. I mean, it's surprising really to see where they are because they looked brilliant when they came down to Plymouth. Didn't yeah, they? They, they played really well. Um, but that wasn't their full strength team. Uh, I think they made five or six changes if I remember right yeah. that night. Um, yeah, and it's clearly not worked out. Swindon will be wanting to get back into League One as soon as they can. And, um, yeah, Phil Brown's um, paid the price for that. And and then on Monday morning, before we recorded the podcast, we we heard that AFC Wimbledon have um, parted company with Neil Ardley um, by mutual agreement. But, you know, Wimbledon have uh, lost seven successive league games and dropped to 23rd in the table, below Argyle in the table. And, um, and, and the man that... Masterminded Argyle, um, Wimbledon's victory over Argyle in the player final at Wembley in 2016 has uh, has, uh, has lost his job. Um, you know, been the manager since October 2012, so six years as a manager in the EF, at any EFL club is is a fine, a fine achievement. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, with the sort of restraints that he would have had to have worked under at Wimbledon, I think he's done a he's done a brilliant job. Um, it's sad to see him go, I suppose. You know, in the current climate, seven successive league defeats is is always going to leave you vulnerable to losing your your job. I mean, again, we go back to Derek Adams in the last two seasons. He's had poor runs in both uh, early in both seasons, and Argyle have stuck with him. It paid off last year. There are encouraging early signs that by sticking with him again this year, things are beginning to turn around. Um, but you can understand why why clubs make changes, no matter from the fact that Neil Ardley's got such a strong association with Wimbledon and I did, did see that with Neil Ardley leaving um, Derek Adams is now the 11th longest serving manager out of the 92 Premier League really? and EFL clubs so he's, he's almost cracked the top yeah. the top 10 having been our goal manager for what three years and four months 
It's crazy, isn't it? Mm. It just shows you how precarious it is. It, it, it is. And I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head as well. I mean, a club like Wimbledon, you know, that you see what fan base they've got and the, the mm. infrastructure there at the moment. I know they're moving to the new mm. ground soon and what have you, but mm. he's doing as good a job as they, he possibly can do. I mean, losing Lyle Taylor as well over the summer was a massive that, blow. That had to be a, a big blow because he, he, he was a proper goal scorer for yeah. wasn't he? And, um, he scored goals for Charlton as well. Exactly. So, so it, it's difficult. I suppose Wimbledon are, are moving to a, a new stadium Basically, I think either next to or on what used to be Plough Lane, and you know they want them to move to a new stadium, being in League Two again, will no. they? So um, they've probably felt they needed to make the change. But yeah, I, I don't envy football managers. You know that you know if you lose five six games in a row, it doesn't seem to matter who you are and what you've done in the past. You're under severe pressure. Aren't yeah, you? absolutely. Uh, finally then Chris mm. um, as you say looting away on Saturday which yeah. is going to be a very very tough game and added to the fact Argyle are going to be coming up against one of their former favourites in Sonny Bradley and probably a player or the player we could say Argyle have missed most this year yeah I think that's that's a, a, a safe bet I think you know they've definitely missed Sonny Bradley this season not only defensively um, but you know goal threat uh, attacking set pieces mm. as well um, he was uh, very committed to Argyle in his two years uh, at the club, you know, in terms of his performance. And uh, uh, he, he was a really good servant, player of the year, of course, a really good servant. Um, it's a shame that, that Argyle and he couldn't agree something for him to stay. Um, he, that certainly the offer of a three-year contract would be persuasive for a lot of people in League One and League Two football. Um, you know, so uh, he's gone there. I, I haven't seen too much of Luton this season, so but he, he's been playing, and I, I assume he's been doing a, a good job for them. He did a good job for Argyle and League One, so I, I can't imagine why he wouldn't be doing the, the same for Luton. And um, yeah, he'll be uh, up against you know, Freddie Ladapo, League One Player of the Month. You know, winning the Skybet um, monthly award for his six goals in six games in in uh, October. Yeah, Ladapo didn't get in the score sheet against Stevenage. On Saturday, but I still thought he he he's certainly playing with more confidence and, and looking a threat. So um, yeah, Ladapo against Sonny Bradley should be um, should be quite a good uh, quite a good battle, I would think. Absolutely. Never an easy place to go to Kenworth no. Road, you know. The, the, nice. the fan, well, the fans are on top of you. Yeah. Um, the the home end is 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 quite big and is usually quite packed. There's plenty of noise. Uh, it's it's all very tight and every, every everybody's on top of you. And um, yeah, Argyle, you know, have played better in the recent games, even including the defeat by Sunderland. I think, you know, you look at Gillingham, Stunthorpe, ignore the check trade game against Chelsea, um, Sunderland and now Stevenage, that the performances have been pretty decent. But they're going to have to put in a, a very decent performance against Luton to get a result up there. But, you know, there's, there's definitely more signs of confidence in the team. You can see, you can see the difference, you know, compared to, say, a month ago, you know, when they beat Wimbledon at the start of October... It was all a bit jittery and a bit, you know, huff and puff. You know, there is definitely signs of things coming together, but this is the sort of game that will really be a, a good test of how far Argyle have come in the last month. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that's all we have time for this week, Chris. Thanks for your time, Stu. No worries, and thank you for joining me on the podcast. We'll be back again with more of the same next week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.